You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Indians. This is your host, Jeff Ellis. Uh, thank you for tuning in every day with us on the Locked On Indians podcast. Uh, it is an exciting time to be an Indians fan. We talked about all of the going-ons yesterday with uh, you know Eli Morgan getting promoted and getting his first AAA start, Danny Salazar's start, Nolan Jones's performance, the Indians, uh, you know, major league performance in and of itself, Daniel Johnson's continued uh, high-level play in AAA. It's been an exciting time to be an Indians fan, and it got even more exciting today. The Indians pick up another win, and the Twins pick up another loss. That combination puts the Indians currently four out of first place in the uh, Central Division, and they are currently tied with Oakland. They are, you know, one percentage point better than Oakland at this point. So they currently have them beat. Oakland is on a six-game winning streak. The Indians on a four-game winning streak. Now, before you get mad that Oakland is on this great winning streak and have tied the Indians, um, part of this winning streak has been Oakland beating up on the Minnesota Twins. Uh, I, I mentioned previously that it's a really rough schedule that the Twins had, and I'm 100% wrong. They haven't even started facing Oakland at this point. Oakland is next. This is what's kind of somewhat crazy about this, is that the uh, the Twins have been beat up on by the uh, the New York Mets, of all teams. Uh, they still they have a very hot Oakland team coming to town, followed by the Yankees. And it is a great time for the Indians to pick up even more games as uh, tomorrow the Twins do not play and the Indians play. It's uh, what I have dubbed a hotly anticipated trade game as Bauer versus Boyd are two of the biggest names on the trade market right now, um, if you believe the talk out there. And they'll be going head-to-head in one of their final matchups before the break. So uh, I think any team that needs a pitcher is going to have a scout or three in attendance. But if the Indians can pick up that win tomorrow, uh, that would put them three and a half games back. And then you start the weekend. Uh, No, I'm sorry. Man, I'm just a disaster today. Uh, Minnesota is playing tomorrow. They have uh, Oakland. But uh, if Oakland can pick off their series with a win and the Indians finish the sweep of the Tigers. Uh, it's going to be a three-game series, or a three-game lead by the Twins, with uh, the Twins still having three more against Oakland, followed by three against New York. The Cleveland Indians have the Royals, followed by the Blue Jays. And again, if you missed one of the podcasts, I explained that uh, the Royals, Blue Jays, and Tigers uh, would all have top five picks if the season ended. Today, So that is currently where the Indians are. Uh, it's a strong place to be. They, No matter what happens, basically, these next few days, as long as the Indians beat teams they should beat, it's going to be good for the Indians because either they're going to gain ground on the Twins or they're going to get a bigger cushion on the A's. So, again, basically, as long as the Indians win, they can't lose. And I, I understand that is a horrendous thing to say because that's one of those obvious things. But in this case, I'm talking about something different than just the outcome of the game. So let's start off. Uh, Mike Clevenger, six innings, six hits, one earned run, 12 strikeouts and a walk. Showing more of the pitcher he was uh, prior to his injury, 
really great to see again if he is starting to improve and everything is clicking together he is the indians number one starter right now he is their best starter he's the guy uh if i'm starting a playoff series i have him going in game one and i have bieber in two and bauer is my three starter which is again part of the reason that i've been very gun-ho on trading bauer especially if it nets you help sooner than later uh adam simber came in got uh, two outs on just five pitches also gave up a hit, so he faced three batters on a total of five pitches. Uh, continued to be very effective. Oliver Perez has been up and down this year, but for the most part uh, has been a lot better over the last few months. He came in, faced two, struck them both out. Nick Wetgren picked up a save because he gave up a run. That's basically what it came down to. If he doesn't give up that home run, uh, it wouldn't have been a save situation for him, but... Uh, end of the day the Indians won so do we really really gonna get too finicky about the fact that it's seven to two instead of seven to one Clevenger is your player of the game that's a rather easy choice offensively the hitter of the day is Jose Ramirez who you know we talked about how well he's been hitting in July how he's playing like the Jose Ramirez of a year ago and this game was just another example of that you know he went three as I said three for four uh didn't have any extra base hits, but it's still, he's making contact. He's getting on base. He stole a base his 20th of the year. Uh, that average has creeped up to 232. Remember, if you go back a little more in a month, he was hitting 198. So that's a 40-point improvement since then uh, in about a month, a month and not even a week. We've seen that big of a jump. So, you know, fingers crossed we're going to have... Uh, the Jose Ramirez of old, which just transforms the lineup in so many ways. Um, Lindor, with his 15th home run of the year, it had felt like he was just kind of stuck for a time on uh, 14. It was nice to see him get off and move up to his 15th home run of the year. Yeah, the, uh, Freeman had two hits, goes two for three. Uh, continues to be a, a surprise and a effective hitter for the Indians. Playing shortstop today with uh, Lindor being the DH. Naquin, another two hits. You know he's almost hitting 300 now. Uh, I, I mean, unless he does not feel comfortable hitting elsewhere in the lineup, I don't know why the Indians continue to put him down there, especially against righties. Against lefties, fine. That's always been a struggle for him. Keep him at the bottom of the lineup. Um, but he shouldn't. Honestly, it's like if Kipnis plays, he should be hitting ninth. He has struggled against lefties, and he has been really bad against lefties this year in general. But still, uh, okay. But against righties, let's start, you know, moving him up a bit in this lineup. uh, He's been extremely effective this year. Uh, For the Tigers, not Spencer Turnbull's best game, but he continues to be a solid mid-rotation type arm for them. Uh, not a bad return for a guy who never, you know, was a, I believe, a second round pick out of Alabama, and never was really a top prospect for them. Uh, came in, it was more the the bullpen that really kind of stunk it up for him. But uh, another one for the Indians: Clevenger strong, Jose Ramirez strong. Uh, lots of reasons to feel really good right now as an Indians fan. Uh, the hitter they really need to step up, stepped up. The pitcher that uh, has shown that he is there, has the best stuff on the staff, is healthy and playing like it. And yeah, it's just, it is an exciting time to be an Indians fan. Things are going well. 
I know people are thinking too well, but at this point, let's just enjoy the ride. Big series, uh, you know, finish off the Tigers and this big series against the Royals. Um, they're not facing the, not that the Royals have a murderer's row of pitchers, but I, I, you know, I mentioned before they recently traded for Mike Montgomery, who has been, I think, had the worst FIP in baseball uh, with the Cubs, and that's who they have on. Uh, that's who they face on Friday night. And then it's Plutko against Jake Junis. Junis has been one of the worst pitchers in baseball this year. And then Zach Plesak against um, Glenn Sparkman, who uh, hasn't really been more than a swing type of pitcher. Not a whole lot there. I mean, again, they don't. the Royals don't have much. They've got some hitters, but their pitching leaves a lot to be um, desired. So we'll see what the, what occurs, but uh, even more so in the Tigers series, the Indians should sweep this Royals team. The Tigers at least have some pitching that, uh, that can challenge the Indians between Turnbull and Boyd. There is not that. Though the Royals offensively are much better than the Tigers. That's the one thing that they could catch. Um, I believe Mondesi is hurt now, so they don't have him. Dozier's been good this year, and Merrifield's great every year. Solar's been so solid this year. You know, there's some pieces. Uh, it is funny. I just pulled up the uh, Kansas City Royals depth chart on ESPN. Uh, I'm laughing because you go down this depth chart, and okay, whatever, Mondesi is uh, hurt, and they have him listed as a starter. Martin Maldonado, they traded almost a week ago, still listed as a starter at catcher. Uh, Homer Bailey traded even before Maldonado, still listed on this step chart. So uh, yeah, ESPN is—I know they let go most of their baseball writers a few years ago, but uh, they can't even update the depth charts on a somewhat regular basis or after a pair of minor deals. Okay, everyone, Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery services all year round. Uh, I have used them before because it is nice if you are lazy and you can just get everything delivered directly to your door. Um, laziness may not be the best quality, but if you are like me and you like to be a little bit lazy, especially during the summertime, Postmates is fantastic. For a limited time, Postmates is giving Lockdown listeners $100 in free delivery credit for the first seven days. So download the Postmates app and use the code LOCKEDON free hundred bucks come on people use the code helps me helps locked on helps you you're getting a hundred bucks of uh groceries of uh delivery food in your area take advantage remember that is going downloading the postmates app and then using the code locked on with a that is spaced it is not one word for the second half of the show today i thought we'd go back and look at mahoning valley you know i've been very high on this squad um, repeatedly throughout this year, and there's a lot of reasons why. It's a really interesting roster, and it seemed like a good time because it's it's been a bit since uh, we checked in, and it's a, a definitely a team you want to be checking in on uh, at least once a week to see how players are performing. Let's start with the um, to me the crown jewel down there, and that's Ethan Hankins. Uh, Hankins, we've been through, but just a, for any new listeners. Uh, there was a point in time where I mocked him to be the first overall player in the draft to the uh, Tigers. 
they he ended up falling to the Indians. He had some arm problems in the spring that scared people off. But Hankins and Kumar Rocker, who just starred for Vanderbilt's championship run, were the kind of the crown jewels of that pitching class over the summer. Hankins didn't pitch at all last year, uh, once drafted. This year he has had five starts. He's come in once in relief. He's pitched 25 innings, and his strikeout rate is over 10. His walk rate is over 4. So it's a little high on the walk rate, fantastic strikeout rate. Hit rate is under 5. Um, he is blowing it past everyone. And again, he didn't pitch last year, so it's not like he got a warm-up in uh, a long warm-up in Arizona and then came in um, this year. He's a, you know, a 19-year-old kid, and these rosters are often made up of a lot of college talent. So he comes in, I'm sorry, he did pitch uh, two games, three innings last year. So it's basically the equivalent of not having pitched. And then this year he had pitched uh, two games, three innings, again, for Arizona 2 before getting the move up to Mahoning Valley. But uh, here is a college, or college, a high school kid who is uh, 19 years old. He turned 19 at the end of May, a young 19 who is facing a lot of college players and performing exceptionally well. Um, I don't like to get too hyped about players in the short season leagues or in the lower minors, but with his background, it's hard to not look at him and think, maybe we need to be talking about him as one of the Indians' top five prospects. Um, the system is in better shape than it probably has a right to be, and that is a credit to the scouting and to the player development. There were a few really bad drafts in there, but uh, you know they've made up for things internationally and with uh, some recovery drafts since then. So it's it's really a lot of credit to the uh, the front office and those people in charge. Uh, Carlos Vargas was kind of the other pitcher I really wanted to see. People love the stuff there, but his performance this year has been a disaster. Um, we'll continue to watch and see with him. And the other pitcher we really have to talk about is Matt Turner. Uh, he was the 11th round pick by the Indians in the 2017 draft. They paid him $200,000. So that is, um, you know, at the time, it's now 125000 And I it, I think, you know, it was like one hundred five, maybe, 110 I can't remember the exact number. It's like, I don't need it anymore. It's gone. But it, whatever it was, they paid him significantly over the slot value. He is currently 19 years old. He will turn 20 in August. And he is a six foot four left-hander. So this is his third year in the Indian system and his first time leaving Arizona. It's taken him a little while to move up. But, uh, you know, again, this is someone they liked a lot liked enough to give a significant day three bonus and his performance this year um, has been good it's not quite great because he's just not missing bats and that's one of those things that uh, can haunt pitchers but the walk rate is low the hit rate is low the home run rate is low he's still a 19 year old kid even if it is his third year in the minors he'll be 20 soon but it's he's it's encouraging to see um, those are really the three pitchers, all three starters that uh, are really the guys that I track. In terms of offensive performance, it kind of begins with George Valera. I don't know if I need a kind of in there. It just begins with George Valera. He is up to six home runs already. He's walking 16% of the time, striking out 26% of the time. Uh, he is probably the number three prospect in the organization right now behind Nolan Jones and Tyler Freeman. 
Um, I know people are going where's Tristan McKenzie. He's not going to be in my top five. That's that's spoiler alert. But Valera's just base tools, uh, ability as a hitter. He has lived up to all of the reports and continues to be one of the more exciting prospects in system. Brian Levastida, another day three guy they went over slot for, a catcher who continues to hit well. He's been the second most productive hitter at the level amongst players who have uh, appeared in over 20 games. You're not looking, you know, there's not a ton of power. It's been mostly doubles pop. And he's, uh, what's interesting with him is he's walking more than he's striking out. Now, he's not doing either at a super high rate, though his walk percentage is over 11%, which is good. So continue to watch him. Uh, the Indians don't have a lot of priority catching prospects. There's Bo Naylor, and then there's... Yeah. So uh, Levistida is someone the Indians liked enough to go over slot on day three. And uh, he has uh, so far paid dividends for them in production. And then in terms of offensive performance, uh, Reynel Delgado has been solid. He hasn't been great. The strikeout percentage being over 30% is a concern. He is walking uh, nearly 10% of the time. And he's got a little bit of pop, a little bit of speed, does a, a lot of little things. Another player drafted a year ago um, from the high school ranks. And then after that, you know, the kind of the bigger names like Brian Rocoio, Corey Holland, guys that were given a lot of uh, money in terms of international and then draft, struggling a bit at that level. Uh, Henry Pujols was a big uh, international signing. He's He's been bounced around a lot in the Indians' low minors. Jonathan Rodriguez was a relatively high pick by the Indians, a third rounder, I want to say. And... He's really struggled down there. But uh, at the end of the day, if I'm doing the whole fun thing where I just say who the top five prospects are at this level in in, in order, uh, it's going to be Valera, then Hankins, and see, that's the easy part. So then it comes down to <laughs> just kind of the whole figure. I, I would whole figure of things. Probably at this point, due to performance and positional value, put La Vestida, then uh, Delgado, and then Vargas on pure potential because performance has not been great. Um, I know I'm leaving out Brian Rocoio, who is top 10 on most lists, but uh, I, I have, I've just not been as high on him to begin with. I, I kind of wanted him to prove it to me, and he is not. I could end up looking very foolish, but, you know, that that wouldn't be the first time, nor will it be the last. So that was our trip, uh, you know, our time enjoying the majors, looking ahead and seeing how the Indians really could, over the next two weeks, be within a game of the Twins, and then some time spent down in Mahoning Valley, which continues to be the most interesting minor league affiliate for the Indians this year. Thank you to everyone for listening, and as always, Go Tribe!